is January 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm here today with Kevin and Oren, and we're going to be talking today about Hitman 3 and World of Warcraft. How are you guys doing? I'm well. I'm doing well. I'm do- yeah. I'm doing good. Okay. Cause, cause, what good have you done? Uh, well, first of all, I just wanted to do that retort because... Uh, I hated grammar school, and every time my teacher would say to me, like, no, you're doing well, I, w- I would always look at her and be like, no, I'm doing good. As- so you can you can do good, but that's like that's like saying that you're like committing good acts. Or you could be feeling good, which is which is kind of what people often mean when they say they're doing good. But like doing good is what like Mother Teresa did. Debatable. She did good. Well, yeah, debatable. Like that's what she's alleged to have done. Maybe maybe she didn't do it good. I don't know, but I don't know if enough about Mother Teresa. But her, but her uh, her reputation is to have done a lot of good. Uh, uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, interesting week. Hitman Three finally dropped, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. We're going to talk about uh, our new season of uh, Game Club, which is now called The Long Jump, which is going to be horror themed. We'll talk a little more about that later. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Cyberpunk, new patch dropped, but also they issued an apology, which is sort of unprecedented, I think, in gaming, like that level of accountability. At the same time, you have to like flip the coin over and look at the other side. They issued that apology hours after Jason Schreier sent them a message saying he was about to publish a lengthy expose article on the development of that game. So... So it was it was kind of like a forced accountability, but like it was accountability. What do you guys think? I felt like watching it was like a little bit depressing because he looked like he was about to cry, and I just imagined all of the shit that's been going on there. Just because like I work in technology and I understand when stuff breaks and how internally that can be, I can't imagine what it'd be like if the entire world was also grilling us for making a mistake. So. Just in that piece, I felt bad for watching him say that. Like, it just was like a somber message. Like, I was just like, "Oh, this sure. is this sucks." Um, and it looked like an ISIS video, right? Like, like one of those like hostage videos. Yeah, or, like a little bit. Maybe it. I don't know. I just feel. I don't know. I feel bad for CD Projekt in general. I just feel like I like. I, I'm not trying to like give off the hook like for because they made mistakes and as they did, but like it just sucks. It just sucks. They've just gotten so much shit for this, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I'm glad that it's cool. Like that they're acknowledged that there's work. There's obviously problems. They're gonna have to try and get them fixed. Uh, I played the patch one a little bit. I'll talk about that. Like I said, a little bit. But I don't know. I f- it felt like it was it was weird to see. I guess I can't imagine like EA doing that or Activision. You imagine if Bobby Kotick went out and was like, it, "I'm so sorry that the new Call of Duty had all these problems." Like <laughs> I can't ever imagine that in yeah, a million it would years. Never happen. So yeah, Oren. Yeah, I think I think it's funny seeing this happen with CD Projekt Red because they're this giant publicly publicly traded corporation, but they're also trying to be the gamers corporation. They they still want to be the pro consumer pro gamer corporation. And I think it's funny trying to see them reconcile those two things because you see the CEO, the co- the the CEO coming out. Is he the CEO? I can't remember. Or is he just like? Yeah, he's like a founder and CEO. Yeah, he's like the co-founder of of um, CD Projekt Red. He's coming out and he's trying to apologize, but then that gets backlashed, and then he fi- fires shots back. And he just needs to learn to be a corporation and just keep his mouth shut because. The more he tries to apologize, 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 the more it's just it's just going to backfire. And he can't it's just interesting seeing those two things just be totally at odds. And I hope um, Mm. I hope they I mean, I feel like they're just going to succumb to their destiny of just becoming another Ubisoft or EA because they're just going to have to embrace their publicly traded corporation status eventually. But we will see. Yeah, we'll see. It's interesting. The article by Jason Schreier, it's called Cyberpunk 2077, What Caused the Video Games Disastrous Rollout, really details a lot of the stuff that we had speculated. And other people had speculated that, like, they were sort of, you know, putting down the tracks before the train. Um, and that, that maybe, like, CD Projekt Red had started to believe their own hype and drink their own Kool-Aid and thinking, like, 
it, it's kind of a typical tech problem, so it's not just unique to them, but starting to believe your own mythos and thinking that you can just solve any problem. There's a lot of this like magical thinking that happens in tech that if we just if we just believe we can do it, we can do it. And when that works, it works, but when it doesn't, it, it doesn't. So and this is a case where it, you know, it kind of like did and it didn't work. So I mean clearly there, there's there's some serious problems. Um, I do think it was interesting that they were like that candid about coming out and, and owning most of the problems of the game and being pretty sincere or you know pretty upfront about it and how they're going to fix it at the same time it did come like literally immediately after jason Schreier sent them a direct message hey i'm about to put out an article <laughs> about what happened here uh and some of the people who worked there you know had had some real complaints so i don't know i did like how how transparent he was about like specific problems and what their yeah. cause was like that was cool like i felt like he was like actually i don't know, expressing especially like in terms of like the city density and how, how that how problematic that was in last gen consoles in terms of streaming from the hard drives like i could absolutely believe that that would be an issue can you imagine playing yeah. cyberpunk on a 5400 rpm hard drive on your pc like it'd be terrible yeah. <laughs> right i i mean at that said you look at something like red dead 2 and you can go to saint denis i don't know if it's a similar level of complexity or not or but like other people have done open world games on these consoles so like it's clear that like like they, they suffered from having like they have a much smaller team than red than rockstar does or any ubisoft game that you're operating at about half to a quarter the size of some of these other games and they had no qa through throughout the last year like they were qaing their own game so they really i don't know it it kind of sucks they fucked up but uh We'll see if they get their redemption story or not. Um, I do agree with what Oren said. They are a publicly traded company, and it's it, it, they are kind of trying to walk this line between being like the gamers game company, or you know, and the and a publicly traded company that's beholden to their shareholders. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll continue continue to follow it. Check out that article by Jason Schreier. Uh, let's get into what we're playing. Um, Hitman Three dropped. Oren's out there setting records, <laughs> lighting the leaderboards on fire. Yeah, I'm. Uh, th- there's six levels in Hitman Three, and I am number eight globally in terms of the Xbox service on the Argentina level, and number thirteen on the China level. So, yeah, I've been playing this game a lot. How about you, Aaron? How how much have you been playing? I have not been playing this game a lot. Uh, so it, what are you doing, man? I, I'm very, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Hitman has, has like the one thing I would knock Hitman for. And it's not really like a knock, but it's like the first time you play a Hitman level isn't the most fun. Like Hitman levels get better. They age like a fine wine, but like the first, you need to let it open up a little bit. Right. And like, there's a certain amount of investment necessary to get, get the cycle going, get the momentum going. So what I did instead of like, I played the first level. And then I went and played Paris, which is like my all-time favorite Hitman level. It's like one of my favorite video game levels of all time. I can always just replay Paris, and it's always fun. Yeah. Um, and then I played Sapienza, and then that was it. I mean, the game's only been out for three days, so. But uh, I, 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 I'm, I defer to you because you have more experience with the new game than me. Well, uh, I'm going to disappoint you, Aaron, in terms of how much I've played this game. Maybe not disappoint you, but shock you, but... I have put so much time into this game. I've been breathing this game for the past four days, and it's terrible because uh, I don't want to admit this, but I'm going to admit it. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Yes. I have unlocked mastery on all six levels already. Oh. <laughs> that's that's a lot of work, so, yeah. Having dove so much time into this game, do you think the levels are at the same caliber as the first two games, or are they better? Or they they are, I would say, in terms of atmosphere and just cinematic quality, absolutely, they are the best that IO Interactive's ever done. Um, there there are levels that remind me of like Michael Mann movies, like Collateral and Heat. There are other levels that remind me of Old Boy. And just the sense of atmosphere, just the lighting, and the sense of eerie death in just every level. There's a Knives Out level, which totally nails what it's going for. And also, another thing I want to add to the Hitman, to this new Hitman game is, 
every single level has its own thing going for it. It has its own little level design quirk going for it. Like there's without spoiling too much, there's a there's a level that's like a traditional hitman level where you have to take out two targets and that's it. But then there's like another level where there are a bunch of agents that you have to track down. There's like 10 of them, but you have to figure out who in the level is the agent and then you have to take them out. And then the knives out levels straight up a murder mystery. So every single level has its own thing going for it. Um, hmm. But yeah, no, it, it's fantastic. I think it's not perfect. Uh, it's a, it, it feels a little bit more rough and buggier than the previous two Hitman games. Like mm. I've had moments where I've done a challenge and the challenge doesn't unlock. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I'll see the achievement unlock on my Xbox. So I know I got it, but I didn't get mm-hmm. it in the game. So I had to like redo it. So, so there's some buggy stuff in there that's, that wasn't in the first two, I feel like. Um, but overall, I'm having a great time. I think uh, I, I just had to, here's the thing. The, the way I play these Hitman levels, because I want to go back to Aaron's point about the first time you play through a Hitman level the way I play through a Hitman level is the first time I play through it, I don't even worry about silent getting Silent Assassin. I don't worry about getting the best score. I just kind of go in and I explore the level and I just kind of play the way that I feel just to kind of discover everything. And then after mm-hmm. I do that discovery, I kind of go in a little bit and I do more Silent Assassin type stuff. And then once I unlock most of the achievements i just do runs where i just kind of like mess around with the npcs which which is a lot of fun um but yeah you know, in, in it's Hitman, fantastic i i was thinking about it like because i i had this we had this thought too and i remember expressing this like when you first play hitman level it's like you don't know what you're doing and it's like yeah. it almost reminds me of like pl- like starting like a new fighting game character or something it's like what can i do with this where do i where can i go with this what i need to keep practicing and iterating on this to become better and better and better and then by the like you play it a ton you feel like bill murray and groundhog day like you know everything that's going to happen at every point everywhere on the place right and it's like you're like a master like a god in that in that in that world and that's when it becomes super fun that's how i am in paris it's like i know everywhere i know where exactly mm-hmm. where hans kruger's going and exactly what you know you, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy that you say that because two hours before this podcast, I did a su- like a silent assassin run, uh, wearing only my suit. So what I did was, I went I went up to like this balcony, and I knew that this a set this uh, target was going to be on that balcony with his with his mother. So I needed to take out the mother before he arrived, and then I killed him. And then I had a sniper rifle stowed on the attic. I had to run up to the attic, and that was just in time for me to take out the second target without anybody looking. So to your point, Kevin, it's just you. once you kind of have all of the machinations of, of these levels memorized, you just kind of master it, and it's just so yeah. cool. I was watching a, a YouTuber play one, the Argentina level two, and he was doing even crazier stuff. What he would do is he would, like, set down – like a, a canister in the middle of a room because he knew that when this NPC walks past, if he shoots it at just that time, it will only kill that NPC and won't kill any of the crowd around him because it wasn't a big crowd. Mm. You just kind of like learn to break the game. And it's <laughs> there, there's just so many ways you can play. You can just fuck around. You can be as silent as possible. You can explore. You can just do dumb stuff. You can be a waiter the whole time if you want. It's just it, mm-hmm. video games. Am I right? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I feel like Hitman is like the the video games like players video game. Oh uh, yeah, because it's so it's so gamey and there's so many weight, so much like shit you can do and you can just really just take it apart. Uh, when you watch the higher level plays, uh, I haven't seen any for Hitman Three, but on Hitman Two and One, it's just like the stuff people do when they do speed runs is just bonkers. They're oh, just like yeah. bouncing around that done in like forty five seconds. You're like, what? How did you beat Paris in forty five seconds? Uh, I, I, I'm looking at digging in more. The first mission is cool. I love this sort of like Burja Khalif stand-in that they've they've made. Uh, I, I do love like there, there's been some subtle upgrades to the graphics uh, and, and like they put them back on the previous generation. Like the Paris mission now has reflections that just make that whole level look like 
so much better. It's just like a small change, but suddenly like the reflective floors everywhere, just you're like, oh my God, this this, this whole level is just incredible looking. Um, you're playing it on, on your new console. You're now, you're now next-gen confirmed, right? Uh, tell us about oh, this. Oh, yeah. I didn't even tell you guys. Um, I haven't, well, I told you guys, but the people listening don't know. They don't know. But I got an Xbox Series <laughs> S. I got, I got a little, it's so small. It's literally a third of the size of my Xbox one. It's hilarious, <laughs> but I love it. It's so tiny and it runs Hitman at a beautiful 60 frames per second. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fun. Yeah. And I also have game pass on there. So I've been playing gears five. Good times. Mm. Good times. The medium's Very coming nice. out in a week. Okay, I'm done with my Xbox rant. I love it. Love it so much. <laughs> the, cool. it's, it's funny that you ended up like, I would have guessed that you would have grabbed a PS5. I guess those are basically impossible to grab right now. Oh, yeah. Um, they're so, they're like, so hard to get. I mean, I wanted to get a PS5 because I really want to play, you know, Demon's Souls and Astro's Playroom, but they're so hard to mm-hmm. find. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait like a year or yeah. two. It's kind of where I'm at with these graphics cards i'm just like i'm, I'm overweight i'm gonna wait i might try and grab a ps5 i thought i had a, an xbox series x i got like the confirmation but now it might be canceled and i'm like Ugh, whatever fuck it i don't even care <laughs> mm. <laughs> so stupid. trying to get a graphic card has definitely been a frustrating circus um so, so i wanted to done with that <laughs> not in that world anymore <clears throat> uh all right well let's move on Kevin and I have been playing World of Warcraft Classic, which we mentioned on the previous episode, uh, which is probably the mostly what I've been playing lately. And I I have a lot of thoughts about this game. Orin looks frozen, but uh, I'm sure he'll come back to us soon. Uh, like, Kevin, how was your experience playing World of Warcraft Classic? Playing it feels like I'm back in the year 2006. People are making references to things from 2006. They have names... It just feels like mm. I've gone through a time machine, and I'm in, in not in the year twenty twenty one, for better or worse. I would say, yeah. When playing that yeah. game, uh, I often f- playing it. I'm like, why am I playing this game? Sometimes, like mid instance, I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I? It's <laughs> <laughs> because I've spent so much time playing that game in the past, like you know, a thousand yeah. hours or more playing it, and it's very mundane. But it is fun. It, it's fun, too. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of addicting in a bad way. Do you feel that as well? I feel like I'm like, oh, I could play something that's that I really like playing, or I could play this that I maybe like, play, or I like playing and I don't. I kind of, it's like a love-hate, I think, is what I feel about. Yeah. That's the most accurate. No, I understand. I, I, I mean, I feel that, too. Like, honestly, under normal circumstances, I would not be open to playing WoW. I'm, I'm in LA right now. COVID is like, like one in five people have COVID. So I can't, I'm scared to leave the house. I can't really socialize much. So World of Warcraft is kind of like a welcome time waster, time eater. Yeah. Uh, under, uh, under normal circumstances, I would be very much unlikely to, to give it much time. But I am kind of having a good time, that said. And it's making me kind of think about the things that that game does, particularly classic in its design. Um, like, why is it compelling? Why, like, so why is it addicting and why is it compelling? Uh, you touched on this last week a little bit, talking about weapons upgrades in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And I, I kind of cut you off on that, so apologies for that. Um, and I think what you wanted to say, and you can... You can finish this for me but like the like weapons upgrades in assassin's creed odyssey you felt like didn't feel meaningful or good because they happen so regularly that it was like you're just getting like a tiny upgrade and it's happening all the time and you're like i just got this weapon i want to keep it and it's like you're just managing slots basically turns into an inventory management simulation which is really not fun gameplay to me i find it to be very tedious yeah lesser so in wow though my opinion like a lot less than I remembered. Yeah. Uh, so WoW does... The, I mean, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey takes a lot from World of Warcraft. I think open-world games in general take a lot from uh, old World of Warcraft. But, mm-hmm. like, like I, I'm thinking of this thing of, like, intrinsic versus extrinsic rewards, right? An intrinsic re- goal is, like, something you've set for yourself. 
You're doing it because you want to do it. An extrinsic goal is you're doing because you're getting a tangible reward. You're leveling up. You're getting money. You're getting you know recognition of some sort. World of Warcraft kind of mixes extrinsic, uh, intrinsic and extrinsic goals in a way that they kind of play off each other. And I think that's why it's so addictive because like you're getting like what you're playing it and you're getting very slow progress. So you're leveling up and you're, you're, you're getting, you know, new weapons, but you're not getting a new weapon every five minutes. You're getting like a new weapon every week. And when you get that new weapon, it's better. Usually it's much better. Um, like the, like I just got it's two, meaningful. It's it meaningful. feels meaningful. Yeah. Like, like it, it ends up being both an extrinsic and intrinsic goal. Like it, it, they, they meld the two together. Like I just got two stinging vipers from my level 20 rogue. And the difference between the weapons I had before and those two things is like triple. So I'm like, holy shit, this, I'm just like slaughtering stuff now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's why that game has such a sticky, addictive nature. Yeah, that could be. It's hard to say. I feel like it might just be extrinsic because you just want it because because you're not you're still grinding. You're still going trying to get it. You know, I, I guess getting it is is I don't know. I still feel like maybe hitting but something like, with the st- with it would be the intrinsic piece. Like that would be using that, it. Would that's be what maybe? I'm saying. Is okay. Is like the reward is both extrinsic and then you're like, oh, but it actually feels good to use. It feels meaningful. Unlike. Assassin's Creed where you're just getting a new armor every five minutes or whatever and you're like oh that's kind of annoying and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel good like it doesn't match up with your personal goals about the game you're like I don't care about getting new armor I like the armor set I had before I'll, I'll, I'll care about getting new armor when it's better like in World of Warcraft you're getting new armor or you're getting a new weapon and it feels better and yeah. there's always another there's always a next one right so you have this like FOMO chain going on of like well there's, there's going to be a better one there's going to be a better one but then when you get the upgrade, it does actually feel often quite meaningful right. to your personal goals. It does. It does for a bit, but then you, you're back on the treadmill of grinding your XP or questing. So, like, it helps you on that piece, but it does feel like... I feel like the, the happiness I have from it is, like, short-lived once it becomes normal. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, once you've been using it for an hour, it's not that exciting anymore. Definitely, definitely. Um, no, I mean, there's definitely a, a serious element of uh, of just time-wasting, time-sinkiness to it. The yeah. questing is not fun. I Like, the thing that is fun, and we're playing with, with four other... We're basically a full group of people, so we can play these instances, uh, do the dungeons full, together, and we have yeah. a person who fits each role, and we're That's all coordinating fun. together in a kind of... Like, Mostly. that is, is pretty fun. I think... The thing that I think it's about MMOs that's unique about them is because they're multiplayer experiences that require groups of people, they can have very unique experiences that can be very rare within the game. Like going on a raid in a city in that game is something you may only do a couple times ever in it. So when you have that moment, it's a really big, exciting moment, right? Big PvP raid kind of thing. They can have weird kind of stuff with the players that are that's unique, I think, to that style of game that is really cool. Because, like, you know, when you're playing something else, you may not, like, I guess Assassin's Creed is a single-player game. But, like, a lot of the stuff that you're doing in that game is generally the same. There's not really a lot of rare, like, moments that you'll have that are really exciting. It's kind of more of, like, a continuous, you know, similar stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're saying that you're doing similar mechanical things in Assassin's Creed? Yeah. I just, the only reason I just yeah. said that because we were just comparing it. But, like wow like you might you may be doing instance over and over again which is repetitive and boring but you may we right. went to westfall and we met some someone we, we were playing a horde character we met an alliance character who's the villain you can't speak right. with them to us and they helped us like they like helped us through the whole they helped us get to the instance like they helped they snuck right. us through it they were friendly when they should have just killed us because they're high level so, so yeah like that, it has it's that kind of potential of, of a world yeah. full of people yeah like the spontaneity yeah. Um, that, that was an interesting story. Like we were trying to get to the Wailing Caverns, which is an instance in the Alliance territory and we're playing Westfall. hard characters. And if you play Deadmines. Oh yeah. What did I say? Wailing, Wailing Caverns. Caverns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and you, uh, to get there, you have to kind of, it's kind of a journey, right? That's a big part of, of uh, wow. Classic is just travel times are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get there, I was kind of cutting through this territory and I ran into an Alliance character who could have killed me and camped me, but like instead just, was fucking around following us killing everybody everything that tried to kill us all that the npc mobs and uh 
it was just a stupid, silly thing. And like that is one of the things that only really happens in MMOs because there's so many people and there's just such a possibility for weird shit to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's rare. It's rare to have that kind of thing happen. Like it's a very unique experience. You know what else is interesting about that game that I, I can see why it was popular? In a lot of ways, it's like it's like an open world game with your friends. You know, it mm-hmm. really is, which right. I think wasn't common in 2005 or six or four. Other Correct. than maybe other MMOs, but they, their world wasn't as well designed. It is funny though, playing that game after playing like Death Stranding or something. It just feels so interacting with the world is so basic and mundane in, in terms of moving and and just the way that you interact is so. It's such a simple. I don't know. It just after playing modern games, it's funny going back. It really is a 2005 mm-hmm. four, four game, you know. Right. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I do think you're right about the open world thing, though. Like, that was a big... You didn't have worlds that big in video games very often. You didn't have, like, games... Like, that world's well-made. It is. It's well-designed. Yeah. Oren, you're you're just so quiet. Yeah, I I have nothing really to say about this. Um, (laughs) I mean, have you guys (laughs) played... Have you guys played Final (laughs) Fantasy XIV? I've heard that. No, yeah. no. I tr- oh, I played it for like ten seconds. Yeah, a little bit. So it, that that is an interesting point because it is worth noting that we're playing WoW Classic as opposed to WoW Retail, which is like the old two thousand six, two thousand four version, I guess, of the game. Yeah. Um, and the reason is is that like I think that MMOs, as we got open world games, it scratched a lot of the itch that people had from MMOs. MMOs turned into like co-op games and the sort of massive quality has just just been kind of removed from them, particularly even Modern WoW. Like Modern WoW, you're much less likely to run into people. There's no world PvP. You don't have to travel to get to places the way that you did. So all of these sort of organic things that happen with just people interacting are sort of removed from the game. And you just get these sort of like five-person co-op dungeons that you do and it's, it ends up being a lot more like destiny like destiny is a modern mmo but there's nothing I, really massive about i it. wonder if they've turned more into diablo like all the games are kind of just diablo mm. now because diablo is just a strict dungeon crawler and it's way more gear obsessed too you're always getting that's the iterative yeah. upgrade kind of thing so i wonder if it's that mm. i was just thinking like is it just did they just all follow diablo instead of wow because they're not the same well i mean yeah you might be right i i have don't have a diablo I don't have a lot of experience with Diablo. I kind of hate Diablo, but like, uh, that, it would make sense. Like Blizzard, Blizzard is driving the boat, so I think like, yeah. WoW probably moved more in a uh, Diablo direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had more to I contribute. I just, I just don't. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no worries. But I mean, it, there's sorry. something interesting about WoW Classic. Like, I don't like nothing WoW. Else, really like it. Yeah, I don't blame uh, you for not liking it. Like I'll be honest, yeah. like I'm not going to be the guy to pitch WoW to anyone. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I'm not going to try Unless and sell you. Unless you're locked in your house and have nothing to do for six months, which uh, this, even this, then I'm like, eh. This is yeah. this is kind of this kind of reminds me of the time where I was playing the Final Fantasy VII remake earlier last year, and I was having a great time. And then my roommate at the time told me, "Oh, you got to play the original Final Fantasy 7." And I watched him play a little bit of it for like 20 minutes and I'm like, "This this sucks. I'm not playing this. This looks like trash." Really? The original Final Fantasy 7 is not trash. This is this it, it looks terrible. I, this is this is a mad segue into something else, but no. The original Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 is great. <laughs> it's awesome, man. The original yeah. is great. Get out of here with that. Hater. I mean, it's probably <laughs> I, I'm being a hater, but it's like the same thing whenever I, whenever I watch someone play like wow, I'm just like this. I I just uh, I don't get it. I just don't. Well, yeah, it's it's like <laughs> it's not a game you can get by watching because it's 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 very much what you're doing. And and like I, I said, it's Final Fantasy VII is a lot more fun too. By the way, just if I had to compare the two, there's not even a comparison. Yeah. I, I mean, Final Fantasy VII seven is a thirty-hour game. Yeah, uh, yeah. But all right, so. I don't know how much longer we'll be playing WoW Classic, but that's that's what I've been playing lately. Uh, and uh, let's move into our... This week we have the topic of the week. It's uh, instead of the article of the week because it's kind of based on a, a bunch of different articles. I'm so blurry right now. I need some glasses for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on my webcam. Your, your webcam but, uh, needs glasses. It's okay. Got to up that I'm being censored. <laughs> uh, the topic of this week is uh, with recent news that... 
Uh, Starbreeze is making an Indiana Jones game. Um, I is making Starbreeze. James- what is this? Two- Starbreeze is 2009. Oh, right. They used to be Starbreeze. Okay. That's yeah. former Starbreeze. Uh, yes. Machine Games. Machine Games. Yeah. Is making a... Yeah, they're, they're making a Indiana Jones game. And um, IO's making a James Bond game. Ubisoft is making Star Wars games. Respawn already made a Star Wars game. Like, I wonder if it's because your shirt is the same color as your walls. So your your webcam thinks it's just this, the, your no, part it's, of the it's, wall. It's, it's, it's the mic. But anyway... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the topic of the week is are AAA games moving into like being basically like the same way that cinema is right now, all about super franchises, Star Wars and you know, the Avengers and shit like that. And I guess older Jones franchises and also James too. Bond. To some extent, yeah. I mean I like I made a little joke here about franchises that are older than your parents, but I mean like James Bond, right? But but the, like my Star Wars. my concern here is that IO was making cool games based off their own intellectual property, and they really hit a stride. Um, Machine Games was making, you know, I mean, Wolfenstein is a forty-year-old property, but they really made it their own. And yeah, and they like, did. I'm a they little worried. Yeah, that, that some of these companies are in, like, you know, Respawn was making Titanfall, now they're making fucking Star Wars games, and uh, yeah, that that kind of garbage. Uh, Battle Royale game. It's like a Titanfall spinoff. <laughs> I thought you were just going to leave it at and that kind of garbage full spot, stop. <laughs> just just like doing uh, Star Wars and, you know, that kind of garbage. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on I this? I think it's obvious why it's money, right? Big franchises oh, yeah. just sell. But it does... It is like... I... I Indiana Jones I like Indiana Jones I have no problem with Indiana Jones I just like I'm not that excited about it for a game because I'm not sure how much you right. can do with it for a game I don't know maybe Indiana Jones fans are going to hate me for saying that but I just feel like Wolfenstein's a much better setting for a game and the thing with uh, Machine Games and we'll see if this is true they said that this is years ago like if we ever we are a first person shooter studio if we make if we made tetris it would be a first person shooter so like is this game going to be a first person shooter is it just going to be like wolfenstein with indiana i don't know i'm interested i'm going to probably play it because i really like the studio but i'm not super stoked about them Mm -hmm. making this franchise i'd rather have them make something new and original right or more wolfenstein instead of yeah indiana jones so like not to hate indiana jones is fine but i'm not super happy about it <laughs> i mean it's a disney property it's like what's next is from software going to be making the next toy story game <laughs> yeah that that would be um i think it's cool i was making james bond i guess because we, there hasn't been a lot of james bond games and i think they have a better legacy for video games than indiana jones mm-hmm. does and it does fit with what their what their they make the kind of games they make so it's not like too much of a stretch but i i do wonder how how much will the ip of james bond really benefit from them like will it will they be able to really use that like there's james bond has his gadgets in his cars and he's a womanizer i don't know what what can you what can you really do with with that for video games like i don't know yeah i, I love james bond by the way for the record no hate there but i just how much I is just, it gonna yeah can they play mm-hmm. the strengths of that franchise like will that be a significant i do think ubisoft making a star wars game is a really great idea and i've i don't know if i think it's in this podcast before i think that, that that's something that they should do i'd like to see well i guess why just because I like Star Wars, this is total bias. Like, this is not okay. like, this is sure. not like, I just like Star Wars, and I think this you can tell a lot of stories within that universe. So an open world game within that universe, I think, could be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think that, like, it, you can't make a spiritual successor to something and have it still have all of those things without it being that thing. Like, but then I would look at Mass Effect, and, like, Mass Effect, basically, it does everything that Star Wars does. Right, like it's a Star yeah, Wars, not Star Wars universe. So like they managed to have the Force and everything else in it. So, eh, you, you don't need to be. It doesn't need to be Star Wars to be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my argument with these is in terms of what, what I would take it back to is I remember seeing Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time, and I said to my brother because my brother was super into it, and I was like, I like this, but I'd rather just watch it quentin tarantino movie because that's like guardians of the galaxy but it's not tied to marvel it's more violent it's more stylized it's not bound by corporate interest etc and that's how i feel about uh this indiana jones thing like it's going to be about killing nazis but it's not going to take it to the moon like the wolfenstein franchise does 
with IO interact. It's not gonna have Hitler pissing in a cup. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's just not gonna it's just not gonna go there. It's gonna be PG thirteen. They're probably gonna get rid yeah. of this the swastikas because um, they don't want to uh, offend sensibilities. They're not gonna go there with the uh, Nazi killing in the way that Wolfenstein does. And then same with IO interactive. I feel like James Bond is just gonna be Hitman three, but without. The, the adult content without the adult reference, without the violence, without the the, the, the eerie sense of horror that kind of tinges every level. It's that that that's my problem with this direction is that I feel like I'm just gonna get watered down Hitman or watered down Wolfenstein with right. these games. No, I, I agree. I think especially with James Bond, it, it remains to be seen. Like a big strength of the, of these uh, Hitman games is kind of their sense of humor and like putting Agent 47 in a flamingo suit or a clown mm-hmm. suit as he walks around a fancy ball. Like, I, is James Bond going to be changing his outfits to dress up like a waiter? I, I kind of think not. So I, I wonder if it's going to create a more like linear, structured narrative experience, which maybe is not that exciting and not playing to the strengths of the studio. I hope yeah. that's not the case. I hope they make more of a sandbox spy game, but like, it, we'll see. I do think that James Bond has a very camp element that they could build off of that could be good i think that they like mm-hmm. can't like especially under roger moore i think that they i think they could maybe if they go that direction that's true um, especially if they go with like a 60s kind of vibe because remember i was saying naughty dog should make a 60s spy game that's what i want <laughs> from mm. them so maybe these guys maybe they'll do something more like what i was hoping naughty dog could do like if they did no that. one lives forever kind of thing yeah i think that could be cool um yeah. I don't know, i'm definitely gonna probably play this game by them i'm oh, yeah. more interested in that than i am the machine games uh, Indiana Jones, even though I really like Machine Games as a studio, right? Yeah, I just, I just, ho- just I just hope that the style of the James Bond game isn't reined in. I hope they definitely embrace what they're doing. That's what I'm hoping. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm right there with you, Kevin. I'm more interested in the James Bond game than I am in the Indiana Jones game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I would say the least interested probably in the Star Wars games. To an extent that, like, and we talked about this in the previous episode, like, Star Wars is limiting. Like, it's it's also, like, I'm looking at the Wikipedia list of video games made in the Star Wars franchise, and there's, like, like 60 games that have been made with Star Wars uh, IP. Like, you can only go so far with Star Wars to keep it still Star Wars, and I think you see this in The Mandalorian when they start having technology that looks like it's from the 1960s instead of, you know, the, the present or, or, or the far future. Um, and also just like, like, like Oren was saying, the corporate sensibilities, the sort of like, it's, it's going to be PG. Um, yeah. and, and I like, you know, I like what they did with Assassin's Creed going back in time and stuff. Like I, I, I know it's a different studio. It's not the Assassin's Creed studio. It's actually the people who made, uh, Tom Clancy games, I believe, which, which is itself kind of a weird, like the daybreak. IP. I think it is. I yeah, know. that might be it. Um, so it could be cool, but I just feel like, God, the Star Wars universe is really getting boring because there's just been so much in it there's been so many games there's been so many shows and movies it's like how much freaking star wars can you can we really stomach yeah, yeah i'm not yeah we yeah. we talked about this last time it's just i just don't um one of the great things about this past year has just been uh the lack of superhero and star wars stuff i've been able to watch so many good movies that aren't tied to franchises and i don't know Mm. I'm, I, yeah. I'm I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it too. I, I I'm tired of like these big dumb PG ex- like action experiences. I just not interested in that at all. I feel like Destiny mm. embodies that so much in the video game world. Like it's just this big stupid PG spectacle fest that I just have no interest in. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and even when they are R-rated, like they're so obviously cribbing from something else like for example i remember when my brother watched uh, the joker movie with joaquin phoenix and he was like oh man so original like what an original piece of filmmaking <laughs> and i'm like wow have you have you heard of martin scorsese have you heard of this man and he was like no mm-hmm. i mean at least it was like a segue for for him to discover all these great movies like taxi driver like king of comedy like goodfellas but Uh, Even when I watch like Joker, which is an R-rated superhero movie, even that feels watered down to me. Like it just doesn't feel. It doesn't feel. It doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I guess part of my concern and like the, the thinking, I, by the way, I got this topic of the week from um, a, tr- a Reddit true gramming post, which I did not read. I just read the title and I was like, ah, why are they saying that? And then I noticed the news. Oh, they're making an Indiana Jones game. They're making Star Wars games. But um, like, I, I guess I worry that like video games kind of like walk this fine line between art and being toy products more or less and I, I worry the more that we move towards big franchises and and having particularly having studios that have a, a legacy of making more interesting games working on big established disney-owned franchises it's uh it makes it feel like video games at least triple a games are moving closer to toys than art and that's it's not yeah. really what i want i always think of miyazaki hideyataka miyazaki says like they ask him about like will you ever remake your old games from the soul series or anything and he's like he's like we like to make new things I think that's a good philosophy. We like to make new things. Make new things. Make something new. We don't need to have what you said, forty-year-old. Yeah, completely agree. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of crazy looking at the movie industry and seeing how that's been kind of just destroyed by these corporate brands. And it's weird to think it. It sucks to think that games are headed in that direction too. But I'm also confident that there's such a diverse set of voices that we we will we will prevail good games will be made all right that was uh that was the topic of the week and uh if you have interesting articles that you want us to talk about uh feel free to tweet them at us at uh the jump crouch on twitter or uh the same handle on instagram uh like i said we have a new season of uh we're gonna call them long jumps where we we do a deep dive into a game and it's it's going to be an episode dedicated to a game and it's going to be horror themed leading up to Resident Evil 8 and I think we'll actually end with Resident Evil 7 and then maybe Resident Evil 8 assuming it doesn't suck and isn't like totally buggy <laughs> but um yeah so we're going to start with Resident Evil remake and that'll be coming out I think in 2 or 3 weeks and from there we'll announce the rest of the schedule coming up but Starting with Resident Evil Remake, which is that on Game Pass? It's on Games with Gold, which is if you have Games Game Pass, you get the game forever through game through a Game Pass. So you can like have it in part of your library this month, actually. Okay. Well, it's a, it, you can get it on PS3 or PS. Uh, I think actually you can get it on PS3. But you can definitely get it on PS4, PS5, Xbox, any Xbox One, Xbox Series X, S, all that shit. Um, and you can get it on PC, I think, for very cheap. So it's it's worth checking out. All right. So we're going to end every episode with a personal recommendation, either something we're reading, something we're watching, or something we're doing or eating or whatever, something in our life that we're interested in that we want to share with you guys. Uh, my recommendation this week is Castlevania on Netflix, which is a surprisingly really good show. Um, I would say it's it's my personal pick for the best uh, tr- like um, video game to you know screen adaptation I've seen yet. Like it really takes the property and it it's very it knows what the strengths of Castlevania are and it plays to them, and then it really builds off that in an awesome way. Like this show is sort of filling the the like season one through four Game of Thrones hole in my soul of like. Like, which is a strange comparison because if you watch the first season, it doesn't really seem like that at all. But it's like a show where there's multiple characters with totally different motivations that are sort of disconnected by geography, moving moving like towards each other, but slowly. And there's all these different people like plotting and scheming. And um, it's just really good. Like, I, I really, I, I was, I'm kind of blown away by how good it was. People kept telling me last year, watch Castlevania. I'm like, I watched the first season. I don't really th- see what the big deal is. But like, once I watched the second season and then the third season, it is excellent. It's really worth a watch. Hmm. Uh, I also recommend Blood of Zeus, which I believe is by that same studio. And it's. I'm, I, yeah, I'm not sure, but it's it's also good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely fact checked me check me on that, but it's also really good uh, with that similar kind of American anime style. Um, I think my recommendation for this week is going to be Dick Johnson is Dead on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's a really great documentary about this documentary filmmaker um, who is 
has been shooting documentaries for a long time and she has this great relationship with her dad named Dick Johnson. And, but the thing is, is that Dick Johnson is succumbing to dementia slowly. So hmm. the whole movie is about this filmmaker coming to terms with the fact that her grandfather, her, I'm sorry, her father is going to die soon or at least succumb to dementia. So the way she copes with it is she reenacts scenes of him dying in the most stupid and cartoonish ways possible. And <laughs> it's very strange, but I was in tears by the end. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's probably the best thing I watched on Netflix last year. So watch that. Good stuff. This is a movie, right? It is. It, it's a documentary. Okay. So it's a movie. Cool. It's a movie. I will check that out. That sounds really good. Uh, Kevin, you got something for us? Um, I just, well, about, yeah, I've recently finished the second season of Twin Peaks. And, <laughs> Yo! Uh, I had to watch it. And uh, I recommend that show very strongly. It's like the most <laughs> amazingly 90s slash 80s uh, mystery show that I think I've seen. And I can't believe how good it is. Like the first season is like every moment, every episode of the first season is like gold, like everything. Mm -hmm. I love the characters. I love the writing, I love the music. I love the style. I mean, it's all so, <laughs> so good. Um, I am not going to spoil anything, but man, that second season was, had some seriously shocking moments in it that I won't talk about right now, but uh, I'm still have to watch more content. I guess there's a, they made a, a third season, um, about 2017 and also been a movie prequel which i have not seen um but if you like david lynch watch it even if you don't like david lynch watch it because it's not always as surreal and david lynchian as his other stuff it just has a lot mm -hmm. of heart it's very earnest great care i don't know it's good it's a good show it's a good show yeah <laughs> awesome. i'm i'm overdue a rewatch i rewatched uh the third season with my dad last year and it was really interesting seeing him go on that roller coaster from beginning to end mm. uh but i, <laughs> I can believe it yeah i really need to just go and like rewatch the first the fir the three seasons and the movie and just mm. do the whole twin peaks experience again uh, cooper is mm. like one of the most excitable like lovable characters that i would want to hang out with that i've ever seen he's just like He's just always so enthusiastic about everything. Like, I just love that. Like, he's always like, damn good coffee. Or, like, the restaurants, he always loves the pie or the food. Like, everything he's very enthusiastic about. He's, like, very positive and excitable, which I really like about him. Like, all the characters really I'm, are great. Yeah. But. yeah. I'm really curious to hear what you think of Twin Peaks The Return, Kevin, because that show, it, it, it goes places. <laughs> it goes full I'm really surrealism to watch in the it. third season. I'm super, yeah. I'm super excited to watch it. It's a, it's so. amazing. I I, th I think that's my per. Yeah. It's kind of interesting talking to other Twin Peaks fans because some people love the first season, some people love the movie the most, and then other people love uh, the the revival the most. I'm in the camp of I love the revival the most, but I, I don't know. I should rewatch mm -hmm. the whole thing. I need to watch that. Maybe it that also is a generally creepy too. Like as a horror show, oh. it definitely has some moments mm -hmm. of like, oh, this is unsettling. Like. I mean, David Lynch stuff usually is, but it was, right. I was impressed as it's so, you in know, that, like, like real way. Yeah. In a realistic way. That was like, Ooh, this is like, yeah. you know, something that could believably happen, unfortunately. And it, well, in some ways, I mean, th <laughs> things that do actually happen. Like, yeah. that, I think that's what David Lynch does so well is this, like, like shining a light on the seedy underbelly of like what the way the world is, the mm -hmm. way the world presents itself. And then the way the world is underneath that exterior, uh, Blue Velvet, oh my God. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and also another thing that he's so good at is he'll always contrast these kind of folksy um, middle America types who have like their own way of making sense of things, but then, not to use this word, but juxtaposing it with this cosmic surreal terror and just, and, and part of what makes it amazing is seeing how those characters make sense of it, which is incredible. I love it. Did, were you guys aware that I forgot what his name is? The fisherman guy. He's one of the main one of the main characters. He's oh, the, he's the actor from Eraser. Yeah, yeah Eraser. Jack Jack. From, I didn't know he was the same guy from Eraserhead. I was yeah. like, oh my god! I didn't he's even... in a bunch of the of David Lynch's movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think he's I think like he's a personal in, friend. He's in Blue Velvet as well. He's one of Frank Booth's yeah. like cronies. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is funny because he's very similar character to his character in um, 
in uh, Twin Peaks. He's just like a villainous version of him. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. I love I love going back and rewatching Blue Velvet because uh, when I was like a teenager and I watched it, I would just think it would be it was just so horrifying and surreal. But now watching it as an adult. I find myself laughing a lot at Dennis Hopper, and I don't know how I feel. Dude, about he's it. so funny. <laughs> he's, when, when you he's watch so it, once once the the threat of the story, you already know what's going to happen. Like you don't feel yeah. like that engaged threat of, of like is it going to succeed or not. You can really just focus on what he says, and there's so he has the funniest dialogue. Like it's just so. <laughs> he does. He's, he's just... such a believable character. <laughs> he is. I mean, he's like, terrifying. I have met people exactly like that. Uh, yeah, I just love That's the who's this fuck. I think that line <laughs> yeah. is just like one of the funniest. Who's this fuck? Like, uh, what were we gonna do? A ride? A ride? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> just, I just love all of his, his and just like yeah. uh, Heineken. Fuck that shit. Fuck that Pabst shit. Blue ribbon. <laughs> so good. Yeah, really good. Oh uh, yeah, that is so good. Probably one of my favorite performances, um, honestly. Oh yeah, he's he's so yeah. good in that movie. <laughs> he's he's so mm-hmm. iconic in that movie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my endorsement Twin Peaks. All right. Good good recommendations, guys. Uh I think that is going to close up today's episode. Madden, as always, uh appreciate the feedback by the way. Uh oh, you yeah, know what definitely. I'm talking about. And um thank you so much for for that awesome song that you gave us that we use in every episode. We'll be back next week with an episode, and we I think the following week after that with a long jump, uh, the first one for the season, the horror-themed one with Resident Evil Remake. So play along with us. Play Resident Evil Remake. Incredible game, and we 